See me April 10th, 11th, and 12th at Laugh Out Loud, San Antonio, Texas. April 18th, Brokerage Comedy Club, Belmore, New York. April 19th, live podcast with Louis Black at Caroline's on Broadway, New York, New York. April 30th. Caroline's on Broadway, New York, New York. Check my website, gilbertgottfried.com, for more information. over. Baseball season is here at last. The excitement continues all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy partner of Major League Baseball. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitments, just instant cash instant gratification and i know about instant gratification or is that self-gratification well forget i said that why wait until the end of the season to claim victory when you can win huge cash every day at DraftKings? it's like a brand new season every time you play just select two pitchers and two position players stay under the salary cap and you could be on your way to an enormous payday. Now listen, last year, Peter from Colorado won a million bucks at DraftKings in one day just playing fantasy baseball. And with that million bucks, Peter is going to buy himself a second name. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have already cashed in at DraftKings. Now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code GILBERT to play for free. You could win part of the $300 million in prizes being awarded this season. Use promo code GILBERT for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Am I repeating myself? Hi, I'm Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. Our guest this week is one of the busiest and most admired actors of his generation, with credits too numerous to mention, but here goes. His movies include Reservoir Dogs, Con Air, Fargo, Armageddon, Ghost World, The Big Lebowski, and Monsters, Inc., He's appeared in dozens of television shows, 
including Homicide, The Simpsons, Saturday Night Live, The Sopranos, and of course, Boardwalk Empire. He's also a director with credits on everything from The Sopranos to 30 Rock to Nurse Jackie. I could go on and on, but it's only an hour show, and I don't have the energy. Uh, welcome to the show, former stand-up comedian and Brooklyn's own Steve Buscemi. Now, Hello. now is it is it Bu? How do you pronounce? You, you said it the way I say it. Yeah, Buscemi. That's really all I wanted to know. That's it. Okay, That's, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for coming. We've been talking to Steve Buscemi. This has been really fun, thank guys. You. You guys well, are great. I'm back against. All right. <laughs> Didn't you say people started calling you Buscemi? So you started saying it after a while. Well, Buscemi is not wrong, right? You know, but shouldn't it be Buscemi? I, why do you say that? Because no. Italian. No, I no? think it's no. Really? Uh, in Sicily, it's Buscemi. Buscemi. Yeah, Buscemi. Okay. So I'm way the hell off. You are. Okay. Yes. I always said I'm Buscemi. Offended. You always said Buscemi. Yeah. 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 That's okay. I don't correct people when they say Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe okay. I should. <laughs> that's really. <laughs> that's all I want to talk about. <laughs> Now, Steve. Yes. How do you say that? Yes. It, you have to elongate the e a little bit more. That's a, Steve, if you would. Now let's talk about something more important. All right. Than your name. Um, we uh, let's talk about me for a second. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you you used to work out at the at the improv. I don't know if you'd call it workout. <laughs> I, I, I somehow passed the audition. At the improv. This, I think it was like 1978. And uh, I used to just sit in the back of the room and I would watch all of you guys. I would see Jerry Seinfeld and Paul Reiser, um, Larry David. When I auditioned, Larry David was the, was the MC. Um, and uh, Fred Stoller. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. But I used to watch Gilbert every – I used to watch you – Every night you would you would come on around midnight or so and <laughs> talk about clearing a room sometimes <laughs> I'll bet <laughs> well here's the thing that I loved about you you always like you were so far out there and the audience either got it and then the whole room was electrified or people just didn't know what they were seeing and then you would go deeper into you know like the really weird weird stuff and then people would just politely like you know sort of get up and make believe they were going to the bathroom but they would never come back but then all the other comics would be in the back and everybody would you know we'd just be dying you know you you were just you were incredible and and you saw me a couple of times I, when I worked out with um, – Well, Robin Williams came yeah. in one night and um, and he got up on stage with, with you and you guys did like, like a half an hour. It was amazing. Yeah. Did he come in often? Because, because that's the only time uh, I yeah, – Yeah, he yeah. Used to, he used to come in a lot. Really? All those clubs like he and Rodney Dangerfield. Right. Yeah. You passed the audition not with Bud Friedman but with his wife. But with Silver, is that right? Silver, yeah, but I don't – you know who passed me? Uh, maybe he didn't even have the authority to pass me. Uh -huh. <laughs> was this comic uh, Mark, Mark Schiff, I think his name was? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I Mark, don't think, I don't Mark think Schiff. He, yeah. had, he had the authority to <laughs> he pass He told me I was in. <laughs> I remember Mark Schiff. 
well, <laughs> this is good. This, so you never like, passed. The it was like the one night they left him in charge, and I and I and I got in. Um, I remember. Remember, Keenan used to work. He uh, he, uh, he worked the door. Keenan uh, Ivory Wayne. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. worked the door. Yeah, and Chris Albrecht was like. Yeah, uh, the when, manager. Oh, sure. Yeah, when when. Um, Bud was first yeah. leaving for L.A. He, See, I never met Bud, so yeah. this was so yeah. So Keenan took over. Well, Keenan, no, Keenan no. just like worked the door. No, no, no. Keenan worked the door, but yeah, um, Keenan Ivory Chris Wings had the yeah. door. It's well, like yeah. we had the black guy at yeah. the door. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. Well, Albrecht had an act with Bob Zamuda, who oh, was yes. one of our guests. Yes. Albrecht and Zamuda, comedy from A to Z. Oh, I but, didn't know but, he but did Chris basically, But Bud basically talked Chris into taking over, managing the club, and that was the okay. end of the act. Because he was in charge of, like, who would, who would go on, right? Like, like uh, what the order would be. And I used to sit in the back. He never picked me. I don't think he ever saw me. So he just was confused. But like, why is this kid here? You know, I would just I, – I, would, I would eat. I remember, what they, like, they would feed you there. <laughs> and so I used to just get a hamburger, like, every night. And I'd sit, and then at around 2 o'clock in the morning, he would kind of peruse the back room to see, like, who was there. And, and you know, Carol Siskin, all right, you're up next, or, you know, somebody. And he'd always look at me and then look the other way. And then one night, it was only, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and so it was still – there was still an audience. And he came, and everybody had gone up, and there was nobody left to go up except, except me. Like, he was forced. He looked at me, and he went – all right, you're next. But I could tell he was a little pissed off. <laughs> resentful about it. And I was so excited. I was going to get up there. Right before I was about to go on, Paul Reiser walks through the door. And Chris said, oh, thank God you're here, Paul. You're next. And so I was – I did go on. But Paul went up and he, he did like 45 minutes and he killed. And after that, I was just like – Right, of course. It was late and then – I'm sure our yeah. listeners would be curious to hear some of what you actually did. In, in your act. I would be curious, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> you don't have to tell them. We could leave, we could, I could had, leave them in suspense. You know, suspense. this is why I gave up doing stand-up, because... <laughs> no, because I... I <laughs> it was hard to um, really figure out what was, what was my thing, so I would just kind of pull from everybody. You know, I did... I mean, a lot of it was self-deprecating... Humor and sort of the style of like uh, Woody Allen or Rodney D- Dangerfield, and but then I did work with props a little bit, and and um, I had a thing where I said I, I was I'm trying to work out, and I've been pumping iron, and then I would pull out like an actual iron, you know, like so a little carrot like, top, a little yeah, a little bit yeah, yeah. but it was uh, I don't know, it was uh, it's probably a good thing that I that I stopped. <laughs> I think it worked out. So it's a comfortable <laughs> blend of Carrot Top and Woody Allen. Yes. Everyone's been looking for. <laughs> I, I remember being at the improv and when, when I was like still trying to get on and, and the MC would come out and it would be like, you know, that it would be empty. There'd be like yeah. no one else. I'd be sitting there and he'd be looking around going, Nobody here. You got a full audience. There's nobody to go on. Wow. <laughs> was it Zamuda or somebody or Zwybello told us they would put you up to get people to get out? Oh, yes. At the yes. end? <laughs> <laughs> After they the said, check spot, people would they, linger? They would either put on me or Larry David. 
Really? Me, because the audience uh, had no idea what the hell I was talking about, <laughs> and they'd leave. Or Larry David, because he'd get into a fight right. with everybody. <laughs> right. you, now, did, did you know Gilbert then? Did you see I started – well, I, we didn't know each other, but I yeah. saw him for the first time at the comic strip in, in yeah. probably in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, doing the Norman Fell bits and the Ted Bessel jokes. <laughs> Some that he's still doing. So I still, but I still remember, you know, like <laughs> you getting up there and you had a cigarette, you know. Oh my god! And you would like take these little drags on the cigarette, like these angry drags, and then you'd, you'd say, "I just got back from Africa. Oh yeah, I was in Biafra, and these kids, <laughs> these kids, I love them. I said I want to take you kids home with me, but how can I take you home with me? You look like hell." Starvation is no reason to let your looks go to hell. I skipped lunch today. You don't see me looking like shit. And I was like, oh, my God. Who is this guy? Oh, God. <laughs> I walked by the veterans' hospital. I saw a guy in a wheelchair. I said, I know how you feel. My car wouldn't start this morning. <laughs> Incredible! I was like, "Wow, yeah. I couldn't believe it, like it, what you were doing." It stuck with you, unbelievable. But the first time I saw you there was before I actually passed the auditions because we used to go there. You know, my friends when I when I lived in Long Island, we used to come in and go there. And I remember seeing you, and you used a lot of used props. I mean, remember you just like still do picked up, yeah, but still you does. picked up the. Um, the trays, and yeah. you were like, you used them as like, you were Mickey Mouse, and then you did something else. And, um, and I think it was that night, it, it, this could have been the same night, but you would have left because it was like, it was at the end of the night, and we were the last table there. And, um, and I looked behind me, and Andy Kaufman was like, came in, and he was at the door, and he's looking around, and, uh, and the waitress said, Are you, are you going to go up? He says, No, nah, you know, there's nobody here. And I was like, well, we're here. And I went up to him and I asked him to go on. I said, would you please go? I said, we love you. And he got up there and he performed just for me and my friends. And he, he did uh, Old MacDonald Had a Farm. And he brought us up on stage. And he gave us, Great. He assigned us, you know, you're, you're the chicken and you, you be the cow. And, and, and we sang it. That's great. <laughs> And you had a comedy duo? You were part of a comedy duo well, with okay, an actor so, named Mark Boone Jr.? Yes. So yeah. later on. Um, after I stopped doing stand-up, then I – well, I did I, I did do a little bit of stand-up. I was living in the East Village. Were you not living in the East Village then? I uh, yes. You, yeah. I used to see yeah. you. I used to live yeah. on yeah. Avenue A. Yeah, me too. I lived on Avenue A between 9th and 10th, and there was a comedian named Rockets Red Glare. I don't know if you know him. I mean, no. he, since, you know, he didn't do the uptown clubs, but he would do these clubs in the East Village, like Club 57 and places like that. And so I started to do some stand-up in uh, his shows, and then I met this actor, Mark Boone Jr., and then we started to write and perform our own work. He plays um, the character of Bobby Munson on Sons of Anarchy. Well, he's in a million things. He's yeah, in Batman yeah. Begins. Yeah. He's yeah. one of those, oh, yeah. that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And so – I felt more comfortable having a partner. I think, you know, part of the reason that I left stand-up, I just felt like it was, it was lonely. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was just you. And I remember at the improv, it was hard to like, it was so cliquish, you know, like all of these guys used to like, after they would go to like Steve, remember Steve, 
Steve Middle Middleman, yeah, sure. Middleman. Yeah. I think they would go to his apartment and play poker, and um, and I just I couldn't figure out how to like get in get get in the click. We actually shared a cab ride home once. Gilbert. <laughs> now, every, every single person right now is saying, okay, uh, I guess Steve paid for this. <laughs> you didn't split a cab. You shared a cab. We shared a yeah. cab. But here's the thing. Remember they used to give you five bucks for cab oh, fare? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I had – I don't think I went on that night, so you had the five bucks. But <laughs> I, I, I think you still asked me for 250 <laughs> This was like the most awkward cab ride. Because Gilbert, you know, just sat there. Not even like, so, how's your act going? Where are you from? Nothing. Nothing. You know, I just sat there and I would try and ask you questions like, hey, Gilbert, did you see that TV movie about the Beatles? And then you would say something. You know, you'd give me like a one-line thing. That was it. That was it. All right. <laughs> you made him pay for the cab even though you got yes. paid and he didn't get paid yes. <laughs> classy do you know I rem- when you said that thing about Riser coming yeah. in and yeah. Riser went on ahead of you it reminded me of that story I was telling for a while because like, he was so one time I was supposed to go on and Robin Williams walked in, right. and they said, "Okay, you're on next." Right. And and Robin said, "I've got some people in the audience, and I'd like them to see Gilbert first. Uh, That's nice. He, yeah, he was the sweetest guy. He was just—I just loved him. Wow, that's cool. Okay, and how do you say what? your name again? <laughs> All right. Beslemic? <laughs> yes, but yes. Okay. You finally, somebody finally got it right. I was farther off than I was. <laughs> so obviously the stand-up did not work out. Didn't work out, but it's never – it hasn't completely left me because uh-huh. sometimes when I'm asked to, you know, like host an evening or something or – Well, you just did Robert um, Smigel's uh, uh, show. The, yeah, the, the and so – Yeah, and so I, I love – comedy like when i was growing up um you know these were the guys like george carlin and steve martin and ronnie dangerfield and all these i used to love seeing them and i don't know that i really wanted to be a stand-up but when i was trying to like break into this business um i knew that the clubs were there and if you could just pass the audition and and write your own material then you had a built-in audience and i knew that Comedians often made the leap into getting a sitcom or or movies. Back then, it was really sitcoms was 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 a thing. That was that was my dream was was to try and be like Abe Kaplan or Freddie Prinze. Hit it, get a show. Yeah. Yeah. Now Freddie Prinze, he kind of I remember seeing him on the Johnny Carson show. I think the first time he was he was he was on, and I remember Johnny Carson saying that he was seventeen years years old, Um, and that was part of the problem. You know, for me, doing stand-up at then, I was only like 20. Like, what the hell life experience right. did I have totally to, well, he to, started 15. to draw from? I can't believe it. Yeah. No. 15. And, and my material hasn't advanced since then. <laughs> <laughs> what year did you, did you start uh, working out at the improv then? It was- oh, God. Uh, let's see. I guess, I guess when I started, it was like the end of the 60s. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. And you're uh, old. 19, Dara's, yeah. <laughs> Dara's yelling 1970. Was it 1970? And you yeah. just do impressions, right? I mean, yeah. you didn't really have an yeah. act. Wow. Yeah, uh, that was it. I still don't have an act. <laughs> yeah. I still have no reason to be in the business. <laughs> now, now, yeah, you said that, you know, I, I was also on the same night, uh, Night of Too Many Stars yes, with yes. you. And, and you did a bit there that's really true. You, what, what do they call you? The because uh, the, because they uh, oh, some the most murderable getting, man yeah the <laughs> most murderable man you've been killed by everybody yeah I so do get we have killed a, a lot. list of people <laughs> who have killed you yeah just this is a short list of people who've killed you oh, on boy. screen uh, Harvey Keitel Vince Vaughn Christopher Lloyd Danny Trejo Treat Williams James this is a small list James right. Gandolfini and our personal favorite Roger Daltrey oh that's right yes yeah. tales yeah. from the crypt yeah. But you yeah. also died in other ways, falling through a glass coffee table and having the heart attack well, and the Lebowski. And- after, yes, I know Lebowski, that really yeah. surprised me yeah. that I die of a heart <laughs> attack. That's sad. They, they, just, <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted to kill me. Yeah. Like, no, I remember after I was killed on The Sopranos, I thought, you know what? I think this is it. I'm not going to take any roles where I'm killed again because I was just killed by Tony Soprano. That should be my final death. Then about a year later, I was offered the Michael Bay film The Island, and I was killed by, like, an anonymous killer. Right, you don't right. even know the guy's name. <laughs> you know, that's where I fall through the glass. Yeah. And, yeah. There's a montage of you being killed on, on, is, on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. it's lovely. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but going back, Steve. All right. And it is Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve. Please, just along yes, a – right. just. Yeah. I read after the, you, you you did the stand up, you did the comedy duo thing. Yeah. You didn't have an agent. You no. started going on auditions. You started what getting backstage and the trades and just going yeah. on open casting calls. Yeah, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to get an agent, but I you know would just look in the in, in backstage and just send my you know my picture and my padded resume. You know, <laughs> just make up shit. Drives a ship. You know? uh, drives <laughs> yeah. a stick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Special skills. Right. And um, a guy named Kevin Downs. Uh, he was at, at NYU and he cast me in uh, his film. Um, now I don't remember the name of it. Sur- I think it was Surf City. I played a, a kid from Ohio who was living in New York but was trying to get to a beach so I could surf. And I, the whole movie I walk around with a surfboard. That was really like my first experience on film. And, um, and I was actually – this is when I was on the fire department because I – because I joined right. the fire Tell department us about that. in uh, 1980. You know, um, I gave up stand-up <laughs> <and I laughs> to do something less scary. Right, um, right. And um, it was while I was on the fire department that I uh, started to do some films, student films, and then um, films that were being made in the East Village at that time. This guy, uh, Eric Mitchell, uh, made a feature called The Way It Is. And I was in it, and Boone was in it, and Rockets, and I think the first um, time I saw you was in a movie called Parting Glances. Well, that was the first one that was ever released. Oh, I see. So, okay, yeah, that would be that was, that's the I reason made, that's the first time I, I saw you. I had made two independent films before that one, but that was the first one that was released, and that was the one that really got me um, some attention, and I was able to get an agent, and then from there it it um, snowballed. And then you know, like guys like Jim Jarmusch and Tom DeCillo, who I you made a lot of films with Tom DeCillo. Worked with, yeah. they would be around then, you know, and uh, they used to see the theater that that I uh, did then. So it was it was really because of 
You know, those early films that I got really wasn't because of an agent. It was because of who was coming to the shows um, at that time, you know, when, when I was uh, performing. Now, after September 11th, yeah. I think you went back. You went yeah, to help I went, out? I went – well, uh, I was with Engine Company 55. They lost five uh, guys and so I went down to the firehouse just to see if <clears throat> if they needed any help and I was brought into the site and I ended up working with, with – with with them for about five five days, yeah. Uh, and it was you know I mean and I hadn't been in touch with them for a while before that so um, it you know I mean I always say this I hate the reason that I was reconnected with my old company but I'm so happy that I did because I realized how much I missed it and um, and now I you know am connected uh, w- w- with them and I go to the parties and the fundraisers and and you made a documentary you made an HBO I documentary did. We made a, with uh, Liz Garbus was the director and it's called um, a good job stories of the FDNY and didn't this originate with your dad telling you to take the civil service test my way dad, back yeah my dad was on the sanitation department and whatever civil service test came up when me and my brothers were eighteen. We had to take, and for me, it was the fire department. Just and, to have uh, something to fall back on in just, case. Oh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. He was like this acting thing, fine, but you know, but you, you, you need a real job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> so that's what I did. And so then, parting glances. I'm, I'm it's funny because I'm doing research online, and I read <laughs> that that Reservoir Dogs was referred to as your breakout role. But I'm looking, you did 24 films. Before break, before Reservoir yeah, and Dogs. Yeah, Parting Glances was done by a, a guy named Bill Sherwood. It was his only film. And yeah. He died remember, of AIDS. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, but after that, I did um, Mystery Train, uh, the Jim the Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch film. And, um, uh, yeah, like a, like a few things. But Reservoir Dogs was the one where um, that great opening credit sequence where, you know, Quentin put our names, like, right on the screen, like, in front of our face. So... Um, that was that was huge, and um, a game changer. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mr. Reservoir Pink. Dogs is where you have that great scene of why you don't tip. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> which has followed you around, hasn't it? It has. Now yeah. I have to overtip. I probably <laughs> I'm still shortchanging them because, I, but um, yeah, that that was, uh, you know, that really was an incredible role, and just to. Be in the same room with all those guys, and to you know, be with Harvey Keitel, who was you know, he was an idol. I just saw him last week. I was doing Adam Sandler's new film, a western, uh, The Ridiculous Six, and Harvey is in is in that, and um, just love him. And uh, he's really the reason that I got into the film because they were only doing auditions on the West Coast. Uh, they couldn't afford to come to New York, and Harvey paid for Quentin and Lawrence Bender to come to New York. And he got in all these New York actors. And I mean, I didn't know him, but because they came to New York, I was, I was able to get in on those auditions. And, um, somehow I made it into the film. An actor that, that Gilbert and I like in in that movie is Lawrence Tierney, who had a a fascinating career as a, as a tough guy on screen and off. Yeah. What was he like? Unfortunately, he, I mean, he was a little bit loopy. He yeah. was, you know, he got very distracted. Like when we were doing the scene where he's handing out the colors and he's telling us, yeah, you yeah. know, like what we're going to do. He had a hard time memorizing his lines and he could only do it like line by line. And you had to sit there off camera straight as a board because if you scratched your nose, you go, what are you doing? I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to, he's, oh, God. <laughs> 
was like, I'm sorry, I, my nose, you know. And everybody got upset with him. One by one, the actress like got up and started to leave. <laughs> really? <laughs> but, yeah. And um, but I stuck it out. It was like me, <laughs> Quentin, Chris Penn, and Eddie Bunker were the only ones left at the end. But we had to sit like perfectly still. But he he really pissed off everybody. And after the third day, Quentin fired him. Interesting. He was so mad he fired him. Didn't know that. And Harvey said. <laughs> You can't fire him. We just shot for three days. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All right, you know. But he was, yeah, he was. He's he was, good in the film. He was a handful. He's it's the wonderful. Fact that in you the get film. that performance out of him. He's amazing in the film. Yeah. In spite of that. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what I remember? This goes back to the September 11th. <laughs> okay. Yes. After September 11th, for some reason, I, I don't know. I, I would stop by firehouses and say yeah. hi to yeah. the firemen. And um, I remember at one firehouse I visited, the fireman said, yeah, I, people have been sending us, like, stuff like socks. <laughs> I don't know. We don't need any socks, but they keep sending us socks. And I said, oh, I could use some socks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why did I know where that was going? <laughs> so I left with a big bag <laughs> Wow. Because of September 11th. Yes. Well, that's another positive from, from September 11th. Do you still have the socks? Yeah. <laughs> He's wearing them. He's wearing them no, I sold them. Uh. <laughs> so yes. for, so it's, for. It's Steve. Just yeah, for, okay. <laughs> So for a New York actor, yeah. has so to you're be a- Italian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> only on my father's side. Oh, yeah. what's what on what's on your mother's side? My mom is um, she's got Irish, English, I think some Dutch. It's it's, it's a real mix. We, we've yeah. we've had we've had a lot of guineas on this I've show. Oh, we had Danny Aiello. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who else? Uh, uh, Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon. Bobby, Bobby Rydell. Rydell. <laughs> wow, that's three. I wouldn't say that's a lot. For me. <laughs> well, <laughs> and your co-host. But I was surprised that uh, Mickey Dolenz, he said his dad was uh, off the boat. He said That is it, correct. It, it, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. 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 And his mom was an actress. His mom was in yeah. B-movies. Yeah. Yeah. You've actually listened to a previous episode of the I Gilbert did. Gottfried podcast. <laughs> I'm impressed, Steve. That's a first. <laughs> so how did Reservoir Dogs change everything? I mean, you, you you didn't have to audition as quite as much. You were you kind of went from being yeah working stiff that, actor to it, like star. That, it just no no. I mean, but, it uh, it just it just got me in the door to. Um, I still had to audition, um, but it just it just it's so much easier when people can connect your face and the name, or if they've seen you in something. Because I'm terrible at auditioning. I'm awful. After that, even if I gave a bad audition, they would at least go, well, he was good in that movie. So maybe, you know. Um, right. Yeah, auditioning is, is so hard. It's, uh, you, are you any better at it now than when you started? No, and, and thankfully I, I haven't had to do it in uh, years. But um, I, I never knew if I should prepare. Sometimes I would prepare and get in there and do okay, but other times I would be awful. Like I remember I auditioned for uh, – it was the Barry Levinson film – the one where about the uh, the guys who do aluminum siding. Tin Man. 
Tin Man. Yeah. Right? So I prepared this thing and I went in and I did it. And he went, that was good, good. Now let's try it like this. And he gave me like a little bit of direction. I went, all right. And I did it the exact same way that I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and I looked at him. And I went, that, that wasn't any different, right? He goes, no, that's okay. <laughs> and it was, Were you reading for Dreyfus's part or Danny DeVito's part? Do you remember? No, no. I think – you know who actually got the part that I did I think was Seymour Cassell. Oh, oh your friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I later became friends with him. Yeah. Did a lot of films with, yeah. You would have been good in Tin Men. Thanks. And one of your most memorable deaths was, of course, in Fargo. <laughs> yes. Uh, getting the axe first. Yeah. And then the wood chipper. <laughs> Here's the thing. People say to me, I love that scene. You, you were so great in that wood chipper scene. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> so the one scene you weren't in. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they like you best. I love that. <laughs> you are both uh, goofy and terrifying in that movie, which is which is no 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 small feat. Well, <laughs> that's the the Coen Brothers. Yes, I mean, that's that's yes. in the writing. Yeah, you yeah. managed to be a kind of a cuddly, f- fun, warm <laughs> character. Yeah, and just hard, and just scary as all hell. And and described twice in the movie as. Oh, he's uh, kind of funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've told this story before, but when I, when I read that in the script and I saw, oh, my character is funny looking, I went – and so I got Joel and Ethan on the phone and I said, hey, I was thinking maybe I could like, <laughs> you know, like do something with my nose or, you know, like I could do something to – and there was like silence on the phone. And I went, or I can do nothing. I could just <laughs> – and I went, oh, I guess I'm funny looking. All right, all right. <laughs> our, our mutual friend Drew Friedman, who's a, a prominent uh, illustrator and cartoonist, he's done the show. He is obsessed with the, when you say, who the fuck are you, when Harv Presnell shows up. Oh, yeah? When, <laughs> so it's become a catchphrase uh, um, uh, around us. <laughs> How did the Coens come into your life in the first place? I mean, because Miller's Crossing was your first. Well, yes. Yeah, so I auditioned for Miller's Crossing. Um, like in 1988, 89, I think that they filmed. He played Mink. It's one of my favorite Mink. movies. And um, I came in and I read. And there was like five pages of, you know, just Mink talking. And so I just practiced. So that one I did practice. And I uh, just talked really fast. And then they auditioned a lot of other actors. They brought me in about a month later. I did it again. And Ethan said, well, you still say it the fastest. And, and that was it. And they gave me the role. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're famous for for uh, not having not wanting their dialogue to be changed for wanting it to be. You do everything that's, yeah, that's pretty much in the script. Know, but you don't want to. I mean, right. it's it's such it's poetry. Great d- d- dialogue that uh, it, yeah. I mean, that film in particular that they created a language. Uh, they created a whole world. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the language. Give especially. me the hi hat. Yeah. And the rump. Yeah. What's the rumpus? Yeah. And all of that stuff. Yeah. Just fascinating. Yeah. So how do you say your name again? <laughs> Just call me sir. Okay. <laughs> Have you changed it since the beginning of the show? Yes. <laughs> uh, well, we- this is getting like the cab ride now. This is getting- it's just like the cab ride. <laughs> 
So, so basically, we're both sitting, staring in front. <laughs> And you're going, uh, hey, how about those Beatles? And I go, yeah, they were good. Yeah. Do you know that I once uh, chased down the guy who played Paul in Beatlemania? I saw him. Really? I saw that him in he Times He must have Square. been scared. He, he, well, he was with his girlfriend. And now here's – now I had seen Beatlemania – and Greece. Those were the only like Broadway shows that I saw <laughs> like, in, in the seventies. And um, and then I don't know how this happened, but I was invited to go see um, the cast from Beatlemania. Like you know, the, the, those guys were playing at a college in New Jersey. Uh, uh, Fairly Dickinson. That is sounds that, right. Is that the name? Yeah, of it, yeah, right. Yeah. So I had a few drinks in me. I was with, I went, I'm with my friends. We're walking through Times Square, and I see the guy who plays Paul McCartney. He walks by me, and he's with his girlfriend. And I ran up to him, and I went, oh, my God, you were great. Hey, I saw you guys at Angie Dickinson's. <laughs> and he and his girlfriend just bust out laughing in my face. Like they just, you were close. You know, uh, yeah. And, yeah. Speaking of that, did people yell – Movie lines at you, like shut the fuck up in the street. (laughs) Yeah, you know I'm surprised that doesn't happen as often as I thought it would. Really? Yeah, Um, yeah. Every once in a while, and mostly Coen Brothers stuff, mostly Uh, Lebowski stuff, and yeah, yeah. I would say that's true. What do they do to you when they walk up to you in the street, Gilbert? (laughs) Your pants? Is it Aflac? Is it just? Yeah, yeah. They, they. uh, Oh, they'll, they'll they'll go. uh, I have something in this hand. And if you give me, you know, that whole scene I do in Beverly Hills Cop 2. <laughs> yeah. So after Fargo, yes. you're not auditioning for the Coens anymore. No, now I love it become... that Gilbert only has a casual knowledge of my career. It's kind of like... Well, go ahead, Frank. It's, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying talking with you. It's kind of like I'm sitting here the whole time going, ah, I think I've seen him in something. <laughs> I know him from <laughs> either either he lives in my building or he's an actor. I don't know. <laughs> I think he looks familiar. Okay. Did you see me in this in a Snickers commercial, perhaps? Oh, yeah, maybe, I want to maybe. ask you about the Snickers commercial. Frank. Please do, Frank. Please. Right. Frank, Frank just handed me a card of stuff to ask you. <laughs> I think he just handed you my Wikipedia page. I don't use Wikipedia. No, okay, it's too good. unreliable. Right, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> we ask this of every guest. Yeah. So while he's putting his glasses oh, on. thank I'll, God. Can uh, I ask uh, then? Yeah, because, go ahead. <laughs> what do we ask every We day? ask what, they, wa- what they watched as a kid. What, oh. what, what, you know, what movies yeah. you fell in love with as a kid. What TV shows. Because well, you're a New York kid like us. You probably watched some of the same. Oh, absolutely. Please stuff. say so, the Danny Thomas shows. So I, I love, the, I love the Danny Thomas show. I was <laughs> in love with. No, I was in love with. No, no. What did I, you watch? I know I, you watched the Carson show. And, and I, Danny Kay <laughs> and Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> Used to finger each other's assholes. I heard. 
Well, you just ruined Hans Christian Andersen. <laughs> um, I should say. <laughs> so bright. Not to mention White Christmas. Yes. Um, I used to watch The Honeymooners. is probably like oh, yes. my earliest yes. memory of like watching TV. But I lived in Brooklyn at the time, you know, in East New York. And my dad was on the sanitation, like it's you know. So I'd see this guy in a uniform, you know, not unlike like what my dad wore, and um, lots of arguing and yelling. And I thought it was a documentary, like I, <laughs> you know, this is just about Brooklyn life. Um, I remember seeing the first episode of Gilligan's Island, you know, and in the black and white version, yeah, yeah. and being upset, like that they were. Just, <laughs> I didn't know it was a comedy. Not wondering <laughs> why uh, Thurston Howell took all his money on a three-hour tour. <laughs> Gilligan's Island, Patty Duke. Sure. Um, that Girl. Um, what else? Created by our friend Bill Persky, who was yeah. one of our guests. Yeah. I used to watch a lot of TV. And, of course, Three Stooges and Little Rascals. And Did you, you watch know, Officer Laurel Joe and Bolton and Captain Jack Absolutely. McCarthy and all the stuff that we used yeah. to watch? And, and I loved when he would actually bring them on. You know, when I, you would I have remember, Mo Howard and yeah, Larry Fine. Yeah, sure. And, you know, yeah, I yeah. remember one one episode as a as a kid sitting there, and it opens up, and Mo is standing under his picture. Oh wow! And I was so excited. Officer Joe brought Mo, yeah. brought Mo on. Yeah, we had Chuck McCann on the show. Oh, uh, love him too. Another, yeah, yeah, I used to watch another him all New the York time. icon. Yeah. yeah, we used to watch TV. Like it seems like that's all I did as a kid. Was oh, me TV, too. You know, I mean, yeah, well, I guess we would be outside and play and stuff, but we would, you know, spend hours in front of the TV. I remember not only TV shows, but they had so many old movies on. Yes. That movies that shouldn't have been on in like the afternoon. Like I remember seeing, you know, like <laughs> Crime in the Streets, you know. And, oh, yes. Yeah. Like on TV and then, like in the afternoon. Like and the 430 things. movie. Yeah. yeah. Rebel Without a Cause. I yeah. remember seeing, you know, like the afternoon movie. The Million Dollar Movie, I think I think it was called. Right. Yeah. A lot of movies. Well, you were a Carson I, fan, too, weren't you? A Tonight yeah. Show person? Johnny Carson loved watching that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It seems like, but everybody watched those shows, right? And now when I think of it, they were like, how did we do it? We had school the next day. But, with four but we, channels. But you, we you know what was it. a strange thing that I realized back then is everybody the next day had something in common. Yeah. Because we all watch... It wasn't a billion stations. There were no, like three. You, I know. That's so, true. Yeah. Everybody had something to talk about. Everybody you, saw the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You could stop anyone in the street and go, yeah. hey, did you see like Get Smart last right. night oh, or Get whatever. Get Smart. I love that show. Yeah. That was, we had uh, Barbara yeah. Felton we had yeah. on. Wow. 99. I mentioned Angela Cartwright, right? When, like, when she oh, was oh, in space. Oh, oh we just had on Billy Mummy. Yeah, we had I Billy Mummy last week. Loved him. Billy Mummy was in my favorite no, it's Mumi, right? Mumi. He was in my... Mumi? Mumi. Yeah. He was in my... And how you see... And Busemi. <laughs> Just remember Moo and Boo. He was in my favorite Twilight Zone when uh, the phone... Remember, um, his, his grandmother dies. Yes. And she gives him this phone. We so talked he, to him so about it. Talk, oh, my God. The toy phone. See, the toy phone, yeah. I, I like the one, the, his other Twilight Zone, yeah. where he was with Jack Klugman. Uh-huh. And Jack Klugman plays a guy whose son dies in Vietnam, but he, he wants one more day with him. Oh, my God. I don't know this. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it's a great one. What's it, the name of that one? Praise, Praise, of, Praise Pip. of Pip. Yeah, wow. it's great. It's, it's touching. He made three. He made that one. 
And and the one the, the one you're talking about, long distance call, yeah. is the name of the yeah. one with the Gory call. Oh, and oh, the the third one is the one where he controls. It's a good the, life. Uh, uh, yes, where he wishes people into the cornfield, where he's oh. the kid, he's the he's the uh, the little demon. They kid. tried to remake it in the uh, movie. But you too. just reminded me of an Alfred Hitchcock presents episode where a kid, like a little demon kid, if he had your picture and he like. Like scrape your picture, a mark would like a. Ooh, that a sounds mark, familiar. Like, appear on your face. It was the scariest thing I had ever seen. It sounds familiar. The man from Uncle I loved. Sure, that was a great show. Uh, it was big news when Ilya Koryakin. Is that was that his? Yeah, David McCallum's David, character. He got married in Valley Stream, which is where really? I grew up. Really? Yeah, <laughs> he married a local girl. That was like huge. That is big news. Huge. <laughs> Let's talk about the Hutsucker Proxy a little bit. Okay. And uh, and Donnie, Donnie, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot sucker was fun. Um, I only had yeah. I just I had that that one scene. I was the uh, the beatnik bar- bartender. Did, uh, yeah, that was the only line I ever tried to change. <laughs> because they had me say we don't serve alcohol. Alcohol. I said, Ethan, I don't. Know. Do people really say that? I said, Can I say just a- alcohol? And he was, No, no, just say alcohol. Oh, I misspoke. I didn't mean Donnie. I meant well. Donnie's your character in the Big Lebowski, but in the, yes. in the, in the Hutsucker proxy, yeah. you have that that great scene where you say martinis are for squares, man. Oh, that's right. Which I loved. See, I forget this stuff. You guys... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Cohen brothers. Are for squares, I'm the Cohen brothers yeah. freak. Yeah. But since I mentioned Donnie, just yes. just talk a little bit about the Lebowski. I I just I want to know what kind of set they run. I mean, is it a loose set? Because you look at a well, movie like that and you say these guys have to be having fun. They are, but they're you know what's funny about them is that they're they're kind of nothing like the characters that are in their films. You know, I mean, they, they are like the calmest guys. They're, they're so, you know, just laid back and down to earth. And, but they, they storyboard everything. Um, I don't know if they still do, but they – so everything is sort of map, is mapped out. And yet within that context, you still feel like, um, you know, like, like the actors are allowed to contribute. You know, um, but I think in their films, the, the casting is everything. You know, I think, um, and I just love them. They're, they, they just, uh, it, it, it just goes by really. It's just easy. It's a lot of beeping here. Is that, is that me? <laughs> I think it's a video no. camera. We'll cut that out. Okay. <laughs> I have a patient. I'm leaving. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So don't microwave anything uh, while we're sitting. This here. happens to me though sometimes. So Living in Oblivion is a film I did where I play a director and who's making a low budget movie and at the end of it there's that beeping sound and he goes crazy with this beeping sound. And this has followed me around ever since. We talked about Tom DeChillo. Yeah, I like that film. He's uh, he was the writer d- director on that. But this is that has followed me around usually on any set that I'm on. Or like today, I There's hear beeping? Like a, a beeping sound will, Very strange. Will, will drive me crazy. What do you know about this thing I found on the, uh, on the internet, this webtoon called Las Chronicas de Steve Buscemi? Are you familiar with this? No, I don't know. You'll I mean, have there to is, look. There is, a, there is a, uh, a group, like a, this guy in Belgium has a group called Buscemi. Well, is this, that it? this no. is a series of webtoons that are in, in Spanish. Yeah. With a caricature of you. Oh, yeah. My wife showed me that. Yeah. yeah. Very, very yeah. strange. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of weird. There's a lot of strange things. Uh, on, yeah. There's on a lot of weird Buscemi related stuff on there the are, web. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know what to say about that. I don't <laughs> Now, I have a list of names to ask you about. Oh, yeah? Okay, just people recollection. <laughs> okay. Of any fun. All right. Well, we, Danny Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danny who else you got? Lawrence <laughs> Olivier. <laughs> you didn't work with Danny Kay? Never worked with oh, Danny Kay. No. Shocked, surprised. <laughs> or else. <laughs> You'd have to sit on an inner tube to turn this into <laughs> Now, if only you'd had this conversation in the cab. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good cab ride. Yeah, yeah. it would have been less awkward. Okay. okay. Uh, so you, you weren't. Yes. <laughs> Has he been drinking? I wish. <laughs> Ah, you worked with Christopher Walken. I did. King of okay. New York. King of New York. Oh, I did. You're yeah. right. I did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's why I don't. <laughs> the man has made a hundred movies, Gilbert. Cut him some slack. See, this see, was... even you don't know your your no, career. But this is why that I, makes two this of us. This is why I feel like I really wasn't in that movie. So I get a call from Abel Ferrara, and he says, uh, you know, he's doing this movie, King of New York. He wants me to be in it, but it's starting next. It's starting next week. I thought, oh, start, you know. And what happened was he realized either somebody dropped out or something, but he wanted me to be in this gang. I think he he wanted like one other white guy in this all black gang, but he didn't tell anybody, you know. So I show up for the the wardrobe fitting, and they they were so surprised to see me because the wardrobe that they gave me was like, <laughs> well, we thought you were going to be a black guy, so. <laughs> and we don't have time to do any shopping. So here, just like wear this. And then I think once I got on set, Abel, he, he was like, I, I think I made a mistake with this Buscemi guy. I don't want he's, you know. And he would, we would come into a room and he'd tell me, all right, now you guys, you stand here and good, Larry, you know, Larry Fishburne and all that, and Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Buscemi and I, uh, you know, you all don't got to like come forward. Some of you can hang in the back. And he would, <laughs> he would like point to me and, you know, and he'd keep pointing way in the back until I was like out the door practically. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't worry, the camera sees everything. And I'm like, but I can't see the camera. I know I'm not. You know. And uh, that's why I felt like I, you know, so I didn't really have any scenes with Chris. I was in a couple of scenes with, with, with him, but he was great. He, he really, he loves to like put in a, like a little dance move in like any movie he does. Yeah, well, he. I think he wa- he started out wanting to be a song and dance man. I think, but I think he was. He I was a hooker. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. In in what's your call it? Oh, pennies from heaven. It's yeah, a great he does yeah, a, yeah, great a great dancing. Dance great. Yeah. But I do I do remember that in, in King of New York. There's, a, there's always he's doing a little twirl yeah. at various points. Yeah. Uh, oh, William Hickey. See now, I, we were in a movie, Tales from the Dark Side, but I was not in his segment. Ah. Had you watched the movie? <laughs> it's a long list, Steve. <laughs> so you've been in movies. <laughs> I've been in yeah, movies. Yeah. Okay. Albert Finney. You ever Albert Finney? Ever, you ever even watch a movie yes. with Albert Finney? In? Big Fish. Yeah. You see, I'm terrible, but I, I forgot to tell you that I'm a terrible guest. I, I don't have good stories about No, no, about people. you've proven it. I, it's just <laughs> okay. He's a terrible host. Yeah. 
it works out. This is a <laughs> and this is a terrible interview. All I so say you about see, it people all works together. You can name anybody. You can name anybody, and, and all I'll say is. Yeah, he was fun. That was good. We're not even working. recording right <laughs> okay. now. So <laughs> can, can I have a do-over? <laughs> that's that's what Danny Kay and Lawrence Olivier used to do. Right. Oh, okay. They would have a do-over backstage. There have to be names. <laughs> There have to be names on that list of people that were in scenes with him. <laughs> okay. Damn it. Uh, uh, Keith Carradine. Or have you ever seen a movie with John Carradine? And we'll take that. You really are have you ever films. Seen John we... Carradine as Dracula. And we'll go with that for an answer. You can just go, yeah, his father played Dracula in House of Frankenstein. About, he was good. How about Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano? Okay, so the first time I worked with Joe Pantoliano was in a film. <laughs> I'm not going to remember. Oh, it was called Zandali. It was in New Orleans, and he played a uh, transvestite. He was like in drag the whole film. You're nodding your head, but I know you haven't seen this film. I've, I've seen it years ago. Really? Yeah. I saw Trees Lounge. Okay. I've seen a I, lot of stuff. I can okay. promise you I haven't <laughs> seen the film or anything else you've been in. <laughs> I think I saw Zandali on VHS. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would have been about right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really all you can say. We'll get away from that list. You've never... Ned Beatty? Ned Beatty. We did a movie called Ed, Ed and, and His, his Dead, dead Mother. mother. Yes. Ed and His that, Dead Mother. That one I have definitely seen. Yes. And sometimes he would give me a ride to work in the morning. <laughs> nice guy. Nice guy. That's a pretty fascinating Isn't that a fascinating story? story? <laughs> was it a better ride than the one with Gilbert? Was it more yes. He would talk to me. He would, <laughs> he would say, good morning, Steve. How are you? How are you today? How's your family? Where, where, are, you, where are you from, Steve? He had a general interest in, in me. So, so Ned Beatty's more uh, cares more about other people than I do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or basically about you. <laughs> that I, I, I know nothing about your career, and I don't care. <laughs> I know you have not like seen anything past 1975. <laughs> yeah, that's when you. That's true, you generally know. speaking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was not in the Brady bunch. You know? <laughs> I wanted to be. I never got into the Brady Bunch. No? No. Oh. Yeah. Maybe because you're old. You're older. <laughs> you're older. I was the right age, I think. It was, I wanted to be in that family. So you were thrilled when they called to ask you to play Jan Brady. I did. Yeah. Um, I did a Snickers commercial. Very where, funny. Uh, Danny Trejo uh, plays Marsha Brady, and at the end, I'm, I'm Jan Brady. Super Bowl Gilbert's spot. just nodding very yeah, politely. He wasn't now. watching the Super Bowl either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very funny, Gil. Take my word for it. Sure, it was good. <laughs> what would you like to talk about? Steve, we got some cards left. <laughs> what do we have? Do you want to talk about Ghost World or all the directors you've worked with? Would, would you like to do anything from here? <laughs> I would. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm really good at is shadow, I, I, no, no, shadow I, puppets. <laughs> So, okay. All right, I'm going to – if you could just imagine yes. 
Oh, I, my God. Is, that looks like Lincoln. No, it's Nixon. It's Nixon. You see how the thumb. Oh, that's is, right. Like, that's Nixon's nose. I on on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, they used to have those shadow guys. On. I know. I used to see them, and I always thought it was cheating. Sometimes they would hold something in their hand. Really? That yeah, that was like oh. some curved piece of paper or something. That's how they did it, right? Yeah. Well, that yeah. was cheating. Yeah. But the others could do it with their hands, right. as did. Danny Tommy, <laughs> Danny Kay, and Lawrence Olivier. He always goes back there. Did you play with puppets as a kid? Do I have this right? Or is there well, this bad a, internet research? No, I had a, a Jerry Mahoney doll. Oh, a Knucklehead uh, Smith and Jerry Mahoney. Yeah. Paul Winchell. So I was, um, uh, you, yeah, I used to watch that show a lot. Yeah. I wanted to be a ventriloquist when I was yeah, in the sixth Winchell grade. Winchell Mahoney. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. Hurrah, <laughs> it's Winchell Mahoney time, it's Winchell Mahoney time, let's have some fun. Hooray, hurrah, we're glad everybody's here, come on, let us give a cheer for everyone. Get ready in your places, <laughs> put on your happy faces. Hooray, hurrah, shish, boom, ba, Scotty, waddy, do, do, Scotty, waddy, do, do, Scotty, waddy, do, do, da. I remember that part. It's amazing. And Knuckle, See, was it Knucklehead Smith? Knucklehead the, Smith. The other, the was, other side. The, <laughs> and Paul Winchell went on to. Do you know this? Uh, he invented the artificial heart. How about what? that? Paul Winchell. How about that? He just he. I don't know. He got screwed on the thing, but really? he invented an the artific the first artificial heart. Paul Winchell, or he, some version of the artificial heart. He some prototype. trying to like get one of his dummies to come alive. <laughs> <laughs> That. <laughs> you so you had a Jerry Mahoney puppet? Uh, yes, yeah, with the string in the back. Yeah, I think and, our friend Tom yeah. Leopold has a Jerry Mahoney yeah. puppet. Oh yeah. yes. Now I re- now here's an obscure one. I remember Paul Winchell had a, like a, a woman doll puppet that was like some some Jewish woman. Really? And he used to talk in like an accent. Like a Sylvia Miles puppet? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Very strange. Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember he, he would come down on a slide to open oh, the show. Oh, yes. And, the Scotty Waddy Doo I heard he's, he's got it patented. He used to draw a face on his chin. Yeah. And, and be upside down. And then, that was his? Then, then like the nose and the rest of the face yeah. were covered. <laughs> You will never do another show I'm like non-fair. this one, Steve. I'll tell you right now. Paul Winchell, Danny Kay, <laughs> and the rest of your you know career. I'm learning realize. things this morning. I'm you learning know, things. You know what I, I realized? This is good. I know a hell of a lot more about Paul Winchell yes. than Steve Buscemi. You can't get Paul Winchell. <laughs> Paul Winchell's going to be a long-distance call, buddy. I, I ran out of questions <laughs> after asking him how to pronounce his name. But Paul Winchell, I could, you could spend, go on for two hours. I could spend another five days on. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well. I'd like to ask you about directing. Okay. <laughs> My wife is a big 30 Rock fan. We watched you on 30 Rock and watched the episodes that you directed. Thank you. Uh, And this is a dumb question, but of all the directors that you watched work over the years, the Coens, Robert Benton, John Carpenter, Tarantino, Tim Burton, 
Do you pick up a little bit from each of them? Do you watch them? Do you just have your own thing? I, you know, all the directors, like the really good ones that I've worked with, I think what they're really good at is making everybody feel like they're collaborating. Unlike and, Abel Ferrara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Abel, Stand no, in the I back. Love Right. Yeah, you know, there, it's – I don't direct enough. I mean, so every time I do it, I'm like scared to death. I just directed an episode of Portlandia and it – you know, it couldn't have been like the most welcoming set and I love Fred and, mm-hmm. and Carrie and, and – uh, but I was still so scared. It's, you know, it's um, – uh, and I just wish that I could do it more. I think the reason that I want to do it is because I secretly want to play every part. I see. <laughs> so no danger of you transitioning into, into it full-time. I would love to. I would, I, would, I would like to direct more and come back and do your show in another 10 years so Gilbert could you know, not have seen the movies I directed, too. <laughs> I can virtually guarantee that. No interest in your career I'm whatsoever. I'm going to do the Danny Thomas story. <laughs> <laughs> now you got me. You like yes. you sucked me into this. Don't yes. <laughs> that's, well, that's what Danny Kay and Lawrence oh Olivier <laughs> would suck each other into this. <laughs> well, I would like to know. <laughs> For the record, I don't care. Gilbert doesn't care. I'd like to know a lot, but we're we're never going to get to it. But let let me ask you if you're still doing your AOL show, which is a lot of fun. I'm doing, yes, um, Park Bench, where I interview people on a park bench. We were going to have Gilbert Godfrey. (laughs) I I would advise against it. (laughs) Rethink it, Steve. (laughs) No, I'm going to have Gilbert on. And, uh, yeah, so we do it. In parks around the city, but we also have our own bench, and we bring the bench into various – like we – to Julian Schnabel's house, or we brought it into the Rubin Museum, and I interviewed a Buddhist nun, and um, lots of laughs in uh, that one. <laughs> I didn't see that one, but I saw the Dick Cavett episode. <laughs> the Dick Cavett episode With was where – Debbie Harry. Debbie Harry, where yeah. I was basically trying to learn from Dick Cavett you know, because he is the best. His show was incredible. What a show he! Oh, oh well, yeah, yeah. We, we had yeah. him on. Yeah. He was our first guest. Him, I was just juicing. <laughs> you were actually intimidated to talk to to Dick. I was. Cabot, yeah. I mean, come on, like you know, any anybody that I meet that I knew as a kid that I watched as a kid, I, I get really nervous around. I just I can't that's refreshing. It. That even yeah. at this stage, after a yeah. hundred films, that you're not jaded by the. Yeah, no, it's you know I get nervous around people. I get nervous around Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> but for other reasons. Is it? <laughs> Before we run off. Yeah. <laughs> Just I just came for the me. lunch. I was promised I, lunch. It's a chef. good lunch. Oh, it's a, we should say we're at the Friars Club, too. I don't yeah. remember anyone you've what? ever worked with. <laughs> I don't. And, and I have no idea what you do for a living. So, <laughs> And I just want to talk about Paul Winchell. <laughs> well, here's something you both have in common. <laughs> what? Please. You could relate to. What? You both do a, a fair we, amount we of cartoon voiceover work. We do. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
And you were in Monsters University and uh, Monsters, Mo- Inc. Monster, Monsters Inc. and yeah. Monster House, written by Dan Monster Harmon, House. who's one of our guests, yeah. and many other things. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is... <laughs> Wait. G-Force? Igor? Charlotte's Web, which I saw. You did. Yes, with Jean Cleese. That was, was intimidating was, to do, was like, you know. Keith Carradine <laughs> by any chance? I kept wanting to do, like, a Paul Lynn voice for Charlotte's Web, but they, they didn't want that. Oh, really? <laughs> now, there's a throwback. Well, <laughs> well, he played the original. Of course. Um, of course. What He's was the been, character's name? <laughs> uh, was he the. Templeton. Templeton, Templeton, Templeton the, rat. the Rat. Yes. Okay, good. Now I can tell my Paul Lynn story again. <laughs> Have at it. Oh, please. <laughs> Steve will appreciate it. Paul Lynn was once being brought into some dinner theater production of something, and he went in. It looked like a barn, and and he uh, Paul Lynn, disgusted, goes, "This this place smells like a cunt." <laughs> I think. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's good. <laughs> the story that keeps on giving. I know, I know about Paul Lynn. Yeah. Anything you want to know about Paul Lynn, I can tell you on the other <laughs> hand. <laughs> well, this has been the Comedy Central <laughs> roast of Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I'm going to go over to Gilbert's house now and get some of those socks. <laughs> I think you owe me at least that. <laughs> Tell us what's coming up. I know you're making a Sandler, oh, another Sandler picture. We did, yes. I did um, Adam Sandler's movie, The Ridiculous Six. I did another movie um, called... Uh, <laughs> well, oh, you know what's out now? I don't know when this is going to air, but I did... The, the Cobbler's the out Cobbler. now, yeah. Tom McCarthy, a uh, brilliant filmmaker. He did Win uh, Win. Box of Moonlight? The Station Agent. Did he direct that? No, that, no. Was, that was Tom. That was Tom That, was, Tom. I'm sorry. I, that was with getting the them confused. <laughs> that was uh, Station. Yeah, yeah. yeah Station, Station Agent. Good film. Yeah. Yes. And, that was um, the midget movie. So the co- <laughs> God. The Don't cobbler, get him on that. The Cobbler. Yes. Uh, Adam Sandler's in it. Yeah. And then I just did a movie with um, this Israeli director, Joseph Cedar, called... Uh, Oppenheimer Strategies with Richard Gere, and uh, I play a rabbi in that one. So you're working yeah. constantly. Yes. And and more uh, episodes of. I'm just making loads of shit. Gilbert uh, <laughs> has no interest in seeing. <laughs> I actually, you know, his, I this is how I choose my parts. I go, I don't know. I think Gilbert might like this one. Maybe I shouldn't do it. <laughs> What would Gilbert hate? What would he, like, just look at the ad and go, I'm never going to see that? Why? Who would want to see this? Who the fuck are the Coen brothers anyway? I'm not going to see this. That's how, I've, that's how I've chosen my roles over the years. It was from that cab ride from long ago. It just made such an impression. The cab ride should have warned you. It should have given yeah. you an indication of what today would be like. <laughs> You, you, you hoped for different. You were disappointed. <laughs> and more episodes of Park Bench. More episodes of Park Bench that we're going to do uh, in April. And um, I should say it's a very funny premise. It's you and your brother, and your brother well, is my, doing a competing show. My brother show. has a competing show called <laughs> yes. Bench Talk. Yes. And, um, it's a very funny idea. Yeah. No surprise. I've never seen this. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
It's going to be great. I can't wait to have you on the bench, Gilbert. That's what Danny Kane said to Lord Olivier. Google it when you get home, Steve. I know it. I know it already. I know it already. Yes. Danny Thomas said, I can't wait no. to get under the bench. There's a great no. clip of Malcolm McDowell actually telling the story. <laughs> Danny Kay and uh, really? and Olivier at the oh. London airport. Oh. See, so apparently although, it really happened. Although uh, when Malcolm McDowell tells it, yeah. he says that Lawrence Olivier stuck his finger in Danny Kay's ass. I had heard you heard it the Danny other way. <laughs> stuck his finger in Olivier's ass. If you had a guess, it's like Rashomon. <laughs> Everyone has a version. <laughs> But Malcolm McDowell <laughs> said he witnessed this? What? Yeah. In an airport? He didn't say he witnessed it. In an airport? What? It's supposedly I see, in a I airport. would like to think that both Danny Kay and Lawrence Olivier had their fingers in each other's assholes the same amount of time because it was an equal relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's something sweet about that. Yeah. That, is, yeah. yeah. that they cared enough about each other to shove their fingers in each other's assholes exactly the right amount of time. What what more can you ask for from a relationship? (laughs) And I want to say, I know more about (laughs) Lawrence Olivier and Danny Kay's fingers in each other's assholes than I know about Steve Buscemi's girl. Oh, well. (laughs) I think he's had enough punishment. (laughs) So when this is edited together, it'll be like 13 minutes. Yeah. We were thinking of it like a segue episode. ever. Like like one to put between. Funny sound effects. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Some Spike Jones. (laughs) (laughs) You always hurt the the one you You love. love. I can tell you more about Spike Jones and Paul Winchell and Paul Winchell and Willie Tyler and Lester and 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 uh, Farfel. Danny O'Day and Farfel. Yes. Yeah. And what was the other guy? Faithful. What was the other guy who worked with puppets? Uh, uh, Sherry Lewis. No, your Wences. That was his hand. No, there was another. A guy with work with puppets. Fidel or Fidel. uh, Fiveish Finkel. No, no. (laughs) I'm just throwing. I can tell. See now, Fiveish Finkel. Fiveish Finkel. I think he's in the club right now. I could bring him up here. (laughs) (laughs) Gilbert would like that. Well, the problem okay. is you're one of the youngest guests we've had, Steve. And if you if you come back when you're 80, there's a much better chance you're, of him and taking more an active interest. You're like you're like talking to a fetus on this show. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I guess I guess I should do it now. What I should have done right after I got the pronunciation yes. of your name. 
And that's what? wrap up the show. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm out of cards. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. I know how to pronounce that. And this has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. Except with- today. <laughs> Next week, we're having Broderick Crawford on, (laughs) and I'll have loads to talk to him about. (laughs) That's another toll call, buddy. (laughs) We'll be talking to Dwight Fry in two weeks from now. Uh, uh, But today, we've been saddled with... Steve Buscemi. <laughs> but we learned the correct pronunciation yes, of his name. I had a wonderful time here today, and I, I hope you still come on Park Bench. <laughs> I'd like to thank you, Steve, yeah, and, and apologize at the same time. No, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't know enough about Danny Kaye and uh, Lawrence Olivier. Or Paul Winchell. Yes, Paul, yes. That was great. Thanks for doing it, thank buddy. Thank you so much, guys. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. A few days ago, Brooke Tudine posted an inspirational quote on her wall that got 17 likes and 3 comments. Thumbs up, Brooke. Geico also wants to make a comment. In just 15 minutes, you could save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance by switching to Geico. And nothing says inspiration better than saving money. Well, except for those posters that say things like teamwork, excellence, and make it happen. Hashtag keep climbing. Hashtag savings. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.